Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz summer event. Like the 2019 C-Class sedan and GLC SUV. The perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event. Now serving limited time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing. You are listening to Rotoviz Radio Weekly Recap. I am your host, Kyle Dvorak. Find me on Twitter at FFKyleTheKid. This is the show where I take you on a tour through the last week in Rotoviz Podcasting, featuring clips from your favorite shows, all condensed in this show right here. For those of you who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data and analytics website publishing over 1,000 articles per year with over a dozen proprietary apps designed to help you win fantasy championships and DFS tournaments. For your exclusive 30% discount, go to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. We have a lot of stuff to cover this week. Some awesome dynasty content, college football talk, and I'll be breaking down the Kareem Hunt being cut by the Kansas City Chiefs news. So let's get into it. First clip comes to you courtesy of the College Football Fantasy Show, where Stephen Laco, Jordan Hoover, and Matt Wispy are talking about some of the upcoming quarterback prospects. Here it is. I do think Drew Locke is the type of guy, like you mentioned, pass, like passing the NFL eye test. He's one of these types of players that I could see once going to the combine, like even if he doesn't throw or do everything, that his his stock climbs pretty quick. And just the way the NFL is, where they always seem to reach for quarterbacks, I think Drew Locke is a lock to go super early and I had to do it. Sorry boys. I think he's a lock to go early in the early in the draft. If I were gonna pick a quarterback from this class that I actually am willing to stake my like any hope on becoming a a decent pro locks, probably the guy um, I've seen some other mock drafts in that same vein about uh, put a guy that we won't cover uh, up in the top five. 
And I, I think it's ridiculous that anyone would, and that's Daniel Jones. I'll just say it now, but um, if anyone would take Daniel Jones ahead of Drew Locke, I honestly just think they're, they're out of their mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, seamless transition right into Brett Rippon, uh, who Matt mentioned earlier when he was talking about Ryan Finley. Um, he's a true senior. He was also a four-star consensus recruit, a top 15 quarterback nationally in his class. He's also 22 years old, so not necessarily an age issue there. He's a bit undersized. They have him listed at six foot two, 202 pounds. So he's so, 5'11"? Well, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, that's the, a, yeah. But, I mean, we should say that, like, these, these heights and weights are obviously pre-combine, pre-pro day. So, you know, take them with a grain of salt. But um, Rippon has been a consistent producer. He started basically every single game all four years of his time at Boise State. Um, he's completed over 61% of his throws every single year. Um, he's had an AYA of 7.9 or higher every single year, career 8.8, which is solid. 88 touchdowns to 29 interceptions, uh, career 64% completion percentage. So he's been solid in pretty much every area. Uh, some of what I've read from scouts, um, people that watch way more tape than I do, um, I've heard them refer to him as more of a touch thrower, uh, lacking elite arm strength, which I think if that is the case, that is a red flag and something that we definitely need to pay attention to because, uh, again, back to Pat Mahomes, uh, we saw his elite arm talent before the draft. And I think that was a big reason why a lot of us latched onto him. But at the same time, you know, Josh Allen, who the, I guess the, the results are still out too early to make a call on him, but he had a super big arm. And I think that was one reason why he was drafted so highly. So if Rippon does in fact have kind of a weak arm, I think that that would, will hurt him at the next level. But I think there is something to be said for being so productive for such a long stretch of time albeit against primarily G5, G5 teams playing in the Mountain West. But he's kind of a guy that, again, I don't necessarily know if the, the, the ceiling is really elite with Rippon, but I think that he is competent. And if he, if he does well um, in the workout process leading up to the draft, I could see him going in you know, as like a day two uh, type guy who could hang around on a roster and in the right circumstances perhaps become a starter but I'm not super high on Rippon I just think that again in this class through the lens that I view it through he's at least worthy of um, discussion Great stuff there an awesome leaping off point for you two QB and super flexed players out there our next clip comes to you courtesy of the road of his overtime podcast with Colm Kelly and Sean Siegel on this clip they're talking about the dynasty value of Judas Smith Schuster I think it's really interesting because he is probably the youngest productive player we have ever seen and he's got Antonio Brown on his team also Matt Freeman dropped an article on fantasy labs that talks about Antonio Brown's fall off as well go ahead and read that if you're interested in the Judas Smith Schuster Antonio Brown dichotomy we have going on this year here's the clip Where are you thinking of Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, if we look ahead to 2019? Uh, we talked about them closing the gap this year, but how close will that gap be in 2019 for, for redraft when you look at, at Juju versus uh, Antonio Brown? Blair and I talked about this a little bit yesterday, and we both agree that Smith-Schuster has moved ahead of Brown in Dynasty. 
he's got multiple things going for him obviously we, we discussed before the season i had him on the list of players poised to crush adp and how the wide receiver projection model for smith schuster claimed that he would have a huge season it really foresaw this type of year and that even though he was being drafted fairly early that he was still a big value over adp and certainly you know i was grabbing him in the late third the early fourth i wish i had picked him even earlier because you know there are some certain teams you know like the one i was mentioning at the open of the show where if i had used the third round pick on him you know everything would be over right so the numbers continue to suggest that he is that good when you look at his age-adjusted production, you look at his career arc, the age that he has accomplished these different things at, both in college and now at the NFL level, the sky is the limit for him. You know, we talked uh, in the, some of the previous shows about Diggs and how he would fit in compared to some of these hot guys and then Tyreek Hill where he would fit in. And Juju Smith-Schuster definitely joins that conversation, right? So even this season, he leads Brown in receptions. He leads Brown by a good margin in yards and so really what brown is being propped up by are those touchdowns now the touchdowns are important and you know clearly they lead to a lot of fantasy points i don't think that you can look at them as being a fluke just like there are certain specific things that are happening with julio jones that really do hold down his touchdowns both within the offense and then his particular skill set with antonio brown you have the opposite side of that so those 11 touchdowns you can't just say well if he weren't scoring then he wouldn't be a big factor i mean he's a big factor but when you look at juju smith schuster and look at the continued growth you would expect for him and look at the age from multiple perspectives in terms of realizing that people's careers for the most part really do fall off earlier than you would expect and then just the window that he has then for uh, peak value not just in scoring but in terms of trade value uh, Smith Schuster's value as a dynasty player through the roof, but certainly what we're seeing as a, a redraft player, you know, there are very few people you prefer to have on your team going down the stretch of this season. Yeah, and if you look at what he's done so far in his career, just looking through some of the you know stats, uh, through his second year in the league, he's up now to uh, 1,972 yards. So uh, this coming week, you know, he just needs uh, 28 yards to head over 2,000 yards in his first two seasons. But he's pretty much far his age, just turned 22, has pretty much set every record in terms of a player at that age for the amount of yards or for the amount of touchdowns uh, for comparison randy moss had uh, 1313 uh, receiving yards when he got to the same age as smith schuster is now uh, and smith schuster already has nine, 1972 yards so he's leading the way on moss uh, who is arguably the greatest of all time uh, by almost 600 or over 600 yards and he just continues to put up really really impressive numbers uh, a 97 yard touchdown this past week he's the first player in nfl history with two of those and i think when we look at smith schuster we don't look at the athletic profile enough we kind of i think he looks like he's doing things relatively easy on the field so maybe we don't pick that up as much but uh, in terms of his athletic uh, ability to uh, i think he at, at brian stager's career uh, juju may also be edging that so it's a very interesting perspective uh, and a very exciting player uh, to have uh, in fantasy and particularly in dynasty leagues as well That clip you just heard wasn't even the fullest extent of that conversation. They go on to talk about Drew Smith-Schuster a little bit more. If you want more of that, go ahead, go check out the Road of His Overtime show. 
Before we get into our next clip, I want to remind you that if you want to support all the awesome shows we have going on here at Rotoviz, do so at patreon.com forward slash Radio. You get exclusive access to the awesome community of listeners and hosts we have going on over there, as well as exclusive access to the four shows a month that are the Rotoviz live shows Sunday morning. Get your start, sit advice, get those last minute DFS pivots, injury news. It's all going on over at patreon.com forward slash Radio. If you want to support the double digit podcast we are dropping every week, that's where you should do it. Become a Patreon today. This next clip comes to you courtesy of the High Stakes Lowdown. Or Eric- Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees has on a different high-stakes fantasy football player every week. This week, he has on Michael Cobb. They start off by talking about some waiver-wire pickups, additions to the team to make that late push. And for your dynasty players, he talks about some players you should be looking to get in advance of next season, even if they may not have great outlooks to finish off the year. Have a listen. But I'm with you. I'm going to put in uh, some bids on Justin Jackson. I don't have a whole lot of money left. Um, in, uh, in a lot of my leagues where, where I have the bidding bucks left, but you know, Gus Edwards went cheap in certain leagues last week too. So in in the last two weeks, really. So maybe I'll get lucky on that, but yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think I have Eckler in like three spots and, um, it wasn't like when Nick Chubb, when, when Carlos Hyde got traded, to Jacksonville, I was super excited because I knew I had Chubb in like six or seven spots. Eckler, you know, when when Gordon got announced as, you know, having the MCL sprain or whatever it was, uh, I was happy for my Eckler shares, but I only had like three of them, you know, and, and this is a guy that I kind of liked drafting in the middle, mid rounds, you know, um, in the, uh, in during drafting season. And that, see, I only have him on three teams. That was a little frustrating, but you know, it is what it is and, and, and I'll roll with uh, what happens, but hopefully I can get some Jackson shares uh, along with you this week. Um, I touched on Dynasty earlier, Michael, and, and how many uh, Dynasty leagues you play in. It's it's a ton. Um, I'm curious, are there any rookies from this season that you know were first-round picks in, in rookie drafts in, in May that have underwhelmed, that have underperformed, that have not done what the people who drafted them thought they would be able to do that you're actually going to try to buy low on for next season? And And I'll just mention a few names here. Rashad Penny, Ronald Jones. I mean, those guys were top six, top seven picks. Royce Freeman, James Washington, uh, Dante Pettis, or or is there somebody else that that you have your eye on for you know maybe they they didn't perform in 2018, but 2019 they might break out. Yeah, for sure. Um, the one that really would jump out at me and to me would be clearly valued above all the others that that you mentioned and in general would be Penny because he legitimately looks good when he when he gets on the field. Just happens to be that Carson looks kind of crazy good sometimes too. You know, you got you, you got a situation there where I don't know if Mike Davis is going to come back. John Schneider's probably as aggressive a general manager in trades as it gets. So maybe that situation clears up one way or another with the trade. And if, you know, Carson's on a, a seventh round, probably league minimum type contract, 
He's very easy to trade. You bet on talent, and Penny looks like he has the talent. I, I, I got a feeling though, like his owners know this. It's just like I, I'm just I'm, I'm I haven't you know we can't trade yet. I'm, I'm, I'm I'll be curious to know what he goes for in the offseason. But I think his his talent is legit. Ronald Jones is an interesting one because he did the one thing worse than not playing well. He couldn't even play well enough to not play well. Uh, <laughs> You know, he can't get on the field. I loved him. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, hide from what I thought about these guys coming in. I'm. I, I'm. You know. I'll. I'll. I'll take the blame. I'll take the credit. I like Ronald Jones a lot. I did not, however, think he was NFL ready. He's a smaller guy. He's not an accomplished pass catcher, but he's super young. I love the way he ran. He reminded me a lot of Chris Johnson. Um, I would not give up on him. I do have him in an FFPC league. I'm not exactly blown away by trade offers, but I get a lot of offers for like a second for him. As an example, I'm not interested in that. So if Ronald Jones cost you a second, I'd buy him. I'd bet on the talent that I saw at USC. You can't make that stuff up. I, I, I'd buy him and, and I'd wait for it. Royce Freeman, I wouldn't touch him at all. Big ticket news item of the week is obviously Kareem Hunt being cut by the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe I'm the first person on Road to His Radio to get to talk about this. It happened late last night. So jumping straight into Spencer Ware, let's look at his college profile. Frankly, uh, one of the more disappointing college profiles you'll ever see. Looking at player profiler, he has an 11th percentile college dominator with just a 3rd percentile college yards per carry. Not particularly athletic. The one thing he was at least best at in college was having a good college target share, a 39th percentile target share. But uh, you have to understand that the reason he did not have really any usage in college was he was bracketed by Stephen Ridley and Jeremy Hill in his career. Plus, he had Alfred Blue, of course, the uh, the all-great Alfred Blue. While he played there, really just was never afforded the opportunity and still made it to the NFL. His biggest year in college was 170 attempts under 800 yards, but he still makes it to the NFL, makes it with the Kansas City Chiefs, where in his third year, they gave him 214 carries for 921 yards. He was also a rather efficient receiver, seeing 42 targets for 33 receptions. He looked like a guy who could be a serviceable three down back, not necessarily a star running back by any means, but he looked like a guy who could at least hold the workload. And now knowing that he will be on the most explosive offense in the league, that's what you want to buy into. And I think it's likely that they return to him being their featured three down back. Maybe they pass a little more, but in the sense of he will dominate the share of carries and the share of backfield targets out of this team. If he's on your waiver wire, he is the number one pickup of the season. I think it's reasonable to expect top 12 numbers from him for the rest of the season. We've seen this before. I mean, we saw this with James Conner and Le'Veon Bell, D'Angelo Williams and Le'Veon Bell. And then we see Malcolm Brown tearing it up in the absence of Todd Gurley on the few snaps or downs where he does play. But he's just as efficient as Todd Gurley. And we've seen the same thing with James Conner. We know almost objectively that a running back is absolutely, that a running back is in large part a product of the team they're on, the system they're in, the line they're behind, and the potency of the offense, the ability of a team to defend not only the running back, but the other players on that team. And that's exactly the opportunity we have with the Chiefs here. You just can't, you can't commit to defending the run. It's not nearly as important as a defense. You have to stop Patrick Mahomes first and foremost, which opens up things for now. Spencer Ware, who will likely be a top 12 back the rest of the season. I think if you have a deep dynasty roster, it's also worth considering picking up Damian Williams if they choose to split the work a little more evenly between Spencer Ware and him. But it's mostly Spencer Ware for me. Looking ahead to this week, the Chiefs will actually be without Sammy Watkins and Kareem Hunt. I think they stay a similar attack, maybe slightly more air-based. 
And I do think you have to consider that they know that the MVP race is down to just two players, Patrick Mahomes and Drew Brees. And I'd imagine they do want to get Patrick Mahomes. They won't take incredible risks to get him that, but you do want your franchise quarterback to be a household name in a sense of that's what's good for your franchise. So I think maybe they pass a little more. Maybe we even see Tyreek Hill's carries go up. He's only got 13 this year. And hopping over to Fantasy Labs for a brief second, I just wanted to point out for Tyreek Hill specifically, his negative correlations with everyone on the team, but Chris Conley and Patrick Mahomes, and even Patrick Mahomes only has a 0.25 correlation coefficient. I think this week you definitely want to get Tyreek Hill into those tournament lineups and you don't necessarily have to play him with Patrick Mahomes. And I think the obvious value play here is Spencer Ware. In any cash lineups, it's just the freest space. I think we have guys like Carlos Hyde and TJ Yeldon. Now it's Spencer Ware, and it's not anyone else really. So in DFS, you know, I think this boosts Tyreek Hill for this week, especially without there being any Sammy Watkins. And it obviously gives you that free square player in cash games. One final note, if you're a dynasty team competing, this is a guy I would look to buy. And if you're a dynasty team looking to make moves for the future, you have to sell Spencer Ware. We have to imagine that they will at least consider making free agency moves or making moves in the draft to get their new running back of the future. Despite them having used Spencer Ware before, I don't know if they see him as that back of the future. All right, guys, that covers all the Spencer Ware news, all the Chiefs news we need for the week. That brings us to our final clip, courtesy of Dave Caven and Matthew Friedman on the flagship Road of His Radio Show. Take it away. Austin Eckler, 26.3 fantasy points yesterday, saw 11 targets, 68 receiving yards, one touchdown on the ground, also had just five attempts. But the key thing here is it's looking like Melvin Gordon could be out next week, and there's a potential for weeks after that. In my opinion, this makes Eckler maybe a RB1 on a weekly basis. I'm going to be looking at him as the type of player that could very easily replace maybe 85-90% of the production that we saw from Melvin Gordon so far this season. Yeah, um, he's always had a lot of potential as the kind of the new age Danny Woodhead. Um, it's just a question of how much they want to give Justin Jackson as like, I'm assuming now the number two back in that offense. Um, when we saw them really try to give Austin Eckler the full-time work in the London game, uh, which Melvin Gordon missed, he didn't really have that good of a game. Now that's just, you know, it's a one game sample. So who knows, but you know, there, there could be some hesitation on the part of uh, the Chargers really to give Eckler like the full rushing workload, um, but I think he is going to get a lot of the receiving workload uh, for the backfield, and that is significant because they really do funnel a lot of targets uh, to the backs, so it is a good situation for him, and even if he sees like, uh, you know, like seven to 12 carries per game, like that's significant when you take into account the target share that he's going to have. Yeah, so definitely he is going to be a player that could produce tremendously for you in those weeks that's Gordon, that Gordon is out. So hopefully uh, you did do the opposite of what I would, what I would tell you to do preseason and handcuff Gordon. Sure. Uh, although I suppose to Eckler was the type of player that he could have had standalone value. Moving yeah. uh, to receivers now, I'm going to mention this name, but he's not going to be the urban overachiever of the week. But I do think we have to bring up Amari Cooper, eight of nine targets on Thanksgiving, 180 yards, two touchdowns. Very, very impressive performance in three sentences. Describe to me if this can continue, Matt. <laughs> um, yeah, it can continue. Um, 
well, not that type of production, but the production that he's had overall in Dallas, that can continue. The targets, eight targets per game, you know, uh, around like 80-ish receiving yards per game, you know, half a touchdown-ish per game. That can totally continue because uh, they will have to throw the ball based on the upcoming schedule that they have. And he is clearly the best receiver they have on their team. I agree on all accounts. And I knew going into that, that there is no way that would be held to three sentences. That Dave, was, uh, I would say that was three sentences. They were just sort of strung together and run. <laughs> that was really like one sentence. <laughs> it was as succinct, I think, as you're going to get from Matthew Friedman. David Moore, 20 points, uh, four wrecks on five targets, did get a touchdown, 103 yards. Listen, you told us about him weeks back. This is your chance to take it and run with it and to let us all know how right you were. I mean, I don't really need to do that. That's that's you just did it for me. Um, I mean, but it's it's he's getting this production in an offense that is, you know, one of the most run heavy schemes in the league. So it's not as if it's something that you can really depend on. Um, You know, uh, three or three and four weeks ago, he had 16 yard games like back to back 16 yard games. So you can't you can't really depend on him. Um, but he is an upside player. That will bring us to a close this week. I hope you enjoyed our discussion on Spencer Ware and the Kansas City Chiefs. If you have any questions, you can find me on Twitter at FFKyleTheKid. Make sure if you want to support the show, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for your 30% discount to Rotoviz. And as always, patreon.com forward slash Rotoviz Radio. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy Decoy by Duckhorn. Elevate your occasion. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. 
legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history, relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.